from my mistake. Are you tired of hearing the same old advice when it comes to real estate? Do you want to learn from the biggest and baddest mistakes in the industry? Then welcome to Learn From My Mistake, the podcast that brings you real estate professionals from all over, sharing the biggest blunders and how to avoid them. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Remillard, and I'm joined by my partner, Marie Beginski. We're here to give you the inside scoop on what not to do in the real estate game. From brokers to investors, we've got it all. We're not just here to tell you about our guest failures, though. We're here to help you learn from them so you can make the right moves when it counts. So buckle up and get ready to hear some juicy stories and expert advice you won't find anywhere else. This is Learn From My Mistake. New episodes drop every week. Don't miss out. What? We're going to learn from some awesome, awesome person today. I was going to say people for some reason, and then I had to change it to person. That just sounded funny. All right. So this is officially episode six. We're on episode six, Jake. How fast did that go by? Um, all right. I'm your host, Marie Beginski, with my partner, Jake Remillard. And today we are going to interview our lovely guest, Jordan Christ. What up, Jordan? Ooh, ooh, ooh. What's going on? Showing the gun. Five minutes before the show. I really. I know. So, you know, if you saw on my Facebook or any of my social media that we were going to have Corey on today, Corey had an emergency come up. And Jordan agreed to jump on in like 15 minutes. So first of all, kudos and shout out. Thank you so much for agreeing last minute. Um, But for our guests that don't know you, Jordan, why don't you just give us a little brief background on who you are and what you do? Cool. So I'm Jordan Chris. My partner's Jacob Skinner. We're rocking the company logo right here today. We're in our office. Says nobody cares. Work harder. And there's all our deals and our mess behind us. So we are in Charleston, West Virginia, we're real estate investors here. We started out as flippers and now we're more of a rental company and we do some wholesales too. So we do a little bit of everything in the real estate space. We're in our commercial office building here. We buy apartments, we buy from landlords. Um, we do a little bit of everything real I estate. You've kind of been killing it lately, Jordan. So how many doors are you, are you up to now? We're knocking on a hundred doors right now. Um, wow. and we've got some big ass deals in the mix. So we've got a, a landlord that we're buying. We're tr- going to try to buy his entire portfolio. He's got about 40, um, where we're at. This is Canal County. It runs where we are by zone is along the Canal river. So anywhere from Nitro St. Albans, all the way down to some of his are in Montgomery, which is a very rural area. And then we've got another landlord that we're working on 38 units with. So um, as we've grown and got bigger and more experienced and are more comfortable taking on bigger deals, we're targeting landlords instead of single property owners. We want to buy in bulk instead of onesies and twosies. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Can I, ask, let me, can I just ask a quick question on that? Because that's something that actually it's come up a few times lately. Um, what do you think are, I mean, obviously the benefits of that are that, you know, one, one seller you said 38 doors. Um, what are some of the biggest differences that you've seen so far just in that, like direct to, you know, one seller that's got a single family home that's not renting the way they thought versus this one guy now that's got this whole portfolio. What, what are some of those differences? Yeah. So the differences is when you're dealing with a single 
family property owner, they're usually just dealing with a pain point. Maybe a family member's passed away or they're moving or they inherited the house in some sort of way. And they're just dealing with most of the time it's an emotional issue attached to the house, but really need to get rid of it because they have no idea what they're doing or had a bad tenant and they're just sick of it and want to get rid of it. When you're negotiating with a landlord that has built this portfolio over a number of years, there's more negotiation that goes into it. Obviously um, there's different strategies too. You can owner finance a piece or the whole pie. Um, you can owner finance, you know, with a single family too, but here you can break it up. You can owner finance a portion of it, have him support the, you know, finance the down payment um, and, it, and just scale. So, Instead of looking at one house and doing a, a repair analysis on one one house, you're going through in a whole apartment building. Half of them might be vacant. One of them might be fire damage. One of them might have got destroyed by a homeless guy. You know, so there's all kinds of different scenarios that you're looking at and trying to piece together and figure out that magic number of what you can offer them, what it's going to take to renovate and, and get the asset back to producing income. So I think that's the biggest difference, just the scale and the complexity of the negotiation. Yeah, I like it. I think like I wouldn't necessarily recommend, you know, a newbie investor starting out like, hey, just go find these landlords, <laughs> right? Because you definitely need more experience. But once you've been doing the single family game for a while or got some small, you know, fourplex or whatever, and you're looking to scale, I think yeah. it's a great strategy. You know, actually, that's a good point. Oddly enough, when we first started, I, we started in 2017. In 2018, we started sending out a, a, a postcard campaign and one of our postcards landed in a landlord's hands. He was about 75 years old at the time. And the postcard, the address that was on it was in the hood. It was in the ghetto. It was a terrible area. So it was a pink doodle. That's what we call it. It had this piece of pink postcard and had some doodles on it. Um, so he hadn't seen one like that before. So he calls us and he's like, 426 Ferguson. Why the hell do you want that one? I've got 30 more. Okay. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me more. Right. You've got my uh, attention. Yeah. yeah. So we were about 29, 28, 29 years old at the time. And uh, we said, okay, we'll just buy them all from you. And he looked at us like, I've been doing this for four. 50 years and it took me 50 years to buy all these. How the hell are you two young guys going to come in here and make me an offer that you can just buy them all? You don't have that kind of money. And it did kind of scare us there in the beginning. Cause that was the first yeah. kind of landlord portfolio that we looked at. Yeah. So basically what ended up happening was he sold us eight of them uh, to, to begin with, to kind of test us and see if we could get the deal done. Yeah. Execute. And, uh, Oddly enough, those were the eight shittiest properties that he had. So he sold us all these, these yeah. sour apples. And Cleaned it out the closet. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, shocker. Yep. You know, good test, bro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we executed it. Um, that's actually probably going to be part of my story here really soon. The, my biggest mistake story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just actually, I just shifted gears in my head now that I'm telling this. So then back in um, June of last year, so this was 2018, 2019 when we bought that first eight. 2022, we ended up buying the rest of his portfolio, and he actually did owner finance the entire thing out to us. Um, we had to put we had to put a, a down payment down, but it was a pretty creative down payment that Jacob came up with. He basically got a loan from um, 
an investor in another state that wanted single family property here because it cash flows so well. Mm -hmm. Basically, we took their loan, put the down payment for Mr. Morris, used the rest of the funds to completely renovate a house. And then we gave that house to that investor out of that portfolio. So we don't owe cash back. We just gave them a property. Yep. Yeah, that's a creep. That's so that's what I'm talking about when you're dealing with a landlord or what. That's a pretty creative way to, to do something. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody else doing that. But, you yeah. know, I'm still young in this. But I thought that was a pretty cool one. Definitely. And it, it's so easy. Like now I, I can say that it's so easy now with creative deals to like come up with these odd angles and like all of these different things that you can do. But when you're starting, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's just owner financing where you or just sub two or anything like that. But man, it is negotiable. Everything is negotiable in this. And if you can work an angle on it, that's, that's one of my mistakes early on is not understanding that soon enough. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting too, because the, the man is now 80 years old. We had been working on getting those other 25 properties ever since we closed on the first deal, it took us two and a half years and many lunches and going to his house. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't do a whole lot of that because I'm just too ADHD to do that. I can't sit for too long. So Jacob, my business partner actually was going to his house, you know, every few months. And it was just a very interesting way that it all worked. Sitting on the porch, having a cup of coffee or tea and just relaxing with the old man, Jordan. That's some good rapport building right there. It was, it was. I, I wish I could get them to like go on video and do just tell the story about it. But they're they're very under the radar. They don't want to be known. They don't want to be seen. <laughs> that kind of thing. The sweetest people ever. And now we are dealing with a, a little bit of a mess on some of their properties. There's a lot of deferred maintenance. You know, you got to understand his wife is 75, he's 80, you know, they've owned the properties for God knows how long he bought the first one. when He's 19 years old. Um, so yeah, many, many years of owning these properties and some of them have had started to, to weather away. So now we're in the process of turning all of those ones that were the eyesores of the group. So it's been yeah. fun. Well, those weren't any of the ones that I saw you recently post on Facebook about, you know, properties that you were walking through, were they? They were. If you saw the eviction video that's been going absolutely apeshit lately because the uh, person who got evicted there decided to chime in into the comments. And, you know, I'm not one that can keep my mouth shut. So I comment back and it's like a bit of back and forth. And there's like thousands of comments on the thing. And I checked oh, the other wow. day and had 750,000 views. It's one of the first reels I ever did. So I'm, I'm just, it's kind of funny to me. But uh, yeah, her mom, dad, the whole damn holler she's living in right now is on my damn, on my post. Oh, no. Keyboard warrioring on me and I just can't stop commenting back. I just can't okay. do it. <laughs> Well, they say, you know, all press is good press. So I guess all publicity, right? That yeah. is true. That is so true. <laughs> Jordan's getting Jordan's getting pings or something. He's got to go. I don't know what that sound was. Okay, yeah, I was wondering if that was on my end or you guys heard it too. It's my phone rings to the laptop. I don't know how to stop the thing. It's an iMessage yeah. thing and it dings. So it's sorry. It's, it's probably that. more people blowing up that reel. <laughs> Making comments right yeah. now. I can I see you on the podcast. I did share it out. I'm gonna try to mute that thing real quick while we're talking. Here's talking smack. They're talking. So, They're calling me a slumlord and everything, and I just couldn't. Uh, stand for it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, 
All right. So I know, again, this was last minute, but we did tell you the name of the podcast is Learn From My Mistakes. Okay. So if you were to give us that biggest mistake in your business so far, what, what comes to mind? You know, we've made a few. Early on, we were doing a lot of the work ourselves or hiring our friends to do the work. Um, and that doesn't always work out the greatest. Renting to your friends doesn't work out great. Mm-hmm. Trying to employ your friends that don't have contracting licenses doesn't work out great. Mm-hmm. We got through our first three or four flips just fine without going bankrupt. But once I joined Fortune Builders and learned, oh, yeah, there's a system behind this. We need to not do that anymore. Yeah. Um, it kind of changed the game for us. But anyways, look, I'll go back to to the story I told before about buying those eight properties and then continuing to buy more properties with a business partner that I probably shouldn't have trusted. Um, okay. So the contract on these eight properties, you're going to probably think this is crazy. It was eight units, a couple duplexes and a few single families. We paid $270,000 for it. Right. Mm-hmm. They, at the time, I think all of them, but one, maybe two of them were occupied. And like I said, they were not in the greatest shape, but you got to think we're paying $5,000 per unit. Yeah. It was bringing in about. Like these 40, are real C class properties. Yeah. Yeah. Very C class. Yep. Some B, but mostly, mostly C. Um, but the rent rolls on them were about $4,600, $4,700 a month, and they were a little bit under. So if you're, you know, if you know the bigger pockets, 1% rule, whatever you're into the properties for, multiply it by 1%. That's what they should rent for. So we were well above that. We were closer to one and a half, two 2% on that, yeah. that general rule of thumb. But I didn't know how to raise that money, that kind of money at the time. This was the first year of business. I'm like, damn, 270 We were using hard money lenders at the time. So I was at a conference in um, Jamaica, a real estate conference, and it was a great conference. Every like I learned a lot. I met a ton of people. I actually ran into one of our other partners, Roger, there in Jamaica. Oh, we, that's moving with him. He he did our websites when we were at Fortune Builders, <laughs> and kind of met him in the pool. And he told me Sean and he was like, "Yeah, me and Sean are going to partner up and create this company that we're all a part of now," uh, which is interesting. <laughs> But anyways, I'm coming back through the airport, uh, leaving the trip, and I run into the owner of this retreat, this this real estate retreat. And I had mentioned it to him throughout the week, but obviously he's very busy. You know, I said, look, I got this deal, 270 grand, eight properties, it's bringing in 4,600 bucks a month. What do you think? And he's like, holy shit, that's really good numbers. Let me see your spreadsheet. We'll work it out. So anyways, we're, we're going down the same terminal in the in the airport going home, and we got to sit down and work out the deal right there. Long story short, we end up going into business together. You know, his thing is he's bringing the money from out of state, and I'm bringing the boots on the ground. Any of the maintenance, I'm doing the accounting for it. I'm collecting the rents. You know, I'm doing all that. I'm doing all the legwork. Yeah. He's bringing the capital. Yep. And then – his role was to refinance that capital out. So we all know now the Burr strategy, right? You buy them, you fix them up a little bit, you get the rents up and then you take the package to a bank and you refinance them and get the investor's capital back out. Well, typically today we pay 10 to 12% interest. He thought he could execute this out in six months. So he went and got, I mean, it came down to the wire. We were supposed to close 
before 20, the year 2020 hit, right? Well, it was 1231 2019 before we got the capital in there. And I think we actually even closed four days after we, we were about to lose the deal. Um, he just could not get it done. And what I found out, what I found out is he's not using his own capital. Right. He was going to go raise it from somebody else and then bring it. So he's got nothing into it, but he wants 50% of the deal. All right. So it's a 50, 50%. My company owns half of this LLC that we formulated and his company owns half. Um, so he didn't execute. He never could. His six months passed, then a year passed, and we're paying 14% on this capital. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's tanking. It's, it's killing the whole thing. Nobody made any money. Yeah. The maintenance was high. You know, these are not the greatest of condition properties. So, I mean, we're, we're losing money, you know, and then he gives up eventually nine months, 12 months. He can't, he can't get it done. So he gives up. Then we start on our local banks, right? We're trying to get it refinanced. We're trying to get it done. Well, because they're in a market, a North Carolina, we won't say where, but where they're builders and they've got millions and millions of dollars of debt and 10 LLCs and this and that. It was a high, high risk red flag for anybody that I took it to, to try to refinance with. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely yeah. miserable process. We're paying this guy, this lender wants out. He's going nuts. I got to go find other money. I'm selling the loan off to another wow. lender, you know? So now not only am I taking care of the properties, don't they can't, now I'm the one that I've never even executed a refinance before. Now I got to yeah. figure it out on eight at once. Yeah. Right. All eight at once. And C-class properties that aren't that attractive. And um, at that price point, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, hearing about birds and everything, and they're like, oh, I can refine out. A lot of people won't touch it if it's under a hundred thousand. You're exactly right. And that's where we had a big issue. You know, we went to some of the bigger companies like Lima One or you know, these companies outside yeah. of West Virginia. They don't want to touch it. These properties are worth 50, 60, 70, 80,000. They don't want to touch that. So I mean, we had appraisals done that that the lenders didn't end up going with then COVID hits and nobody's doing shit. Right. So we bought these things in 2019. I didn't get them refinanced until October of 2022. So I'm sitting on those things for damn near three years, paying 14% interest. Wow. So I guess the, the, the mistake is know who your business partners are for one, know their financials, know what they're into is their credit score good? Do they even know what they're talking about? Where are they getting the money from? And we didn't ask those questions because as a young investor, I'm here like looking up to this guy. He's running this big event. I just met a hundred new people. I'm like, okay, he's got his shit together. We're, we're going to be yeah. just fine. Yep. Right? Wrong, wrong, wrong. And then, so check this out. The guy does nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right. Drops the ball. Doesn't get his into the thing done. Now he's like, just sell them all. Just, just sell them all. Just get rid of them. Well, that wasn't the plan. That wasn't in the operating agreement. We tried. We tried right. to auction. We tried to auction them all off. We tried to list them. There's people living in them. There's not a whole lot of other investors here like us that want rental mm -hmm. property like that. Couldn't right. sell them. So he keeps pressing that, pressing that. Fast track down to last year, we finally got a bank, a very small local bank that our financials got good enough over the years, and we were able to refinance it out. I'm at the closing table signing these documents and the dude's like, nope, I need you to send me a $5,000 wire. I'm not refinancing out of these until you pay me. I need 20 grand. Partner. Like, the original partner, the original partner, the guy that, wow. uh, 
got the 14% money that did absolutely nothing. Wow. And I had to walk out of that office and be like, dude, what the f are you talking about? You let us get all the way to this closing table. It's time to close. I'm getting your lender out of this deal who's been threatening foreclosure, bank, you know, all this shit. And you're going to be greedy. Meanwhile, he's riding around in a Lambo, flaunting his Lambo on Facebook. And he wants 20 grand out of this deal he did nothing for. Man. So I'm like, so, uh, Jordan, let me just chime in here for a minute because this is so interesting because we um, have spoke about, you know, we're investing in North Carolina in a, a little bit similar market as Charleston, right? A little bit. There's a couple hundred thousand people, right? It's not a huge, huge area, a big city. But we've been talking about for us, for me and Jake, wanting more properties and bringing in partners. And we talk, we, we discussed the whole like 50, 50 split of like a capital investor and a managing investor and what that looks like. And I mean, based on everything that you're saying, like, this is why in the fix and flip world, we pay 10%, 12%, 14%, but that's it. You're just getting interest only and we're cashing you out. You're not coming in as a 50, 50 partner when we're doing all the work, it's our, you know, name on the loans, like us signing. Yes. If you're trying to build a rental portfolio, I would definitely, I'm, I'm strongly against it. I've people had people approach me about buying into my company. I want nothing mm -hmm. to do with that. That's another yeah. person's financials I have to deal with. That's another person's credit score. Everybody's when we're in this business, everybody's credit scores do this because we're all constantly using our, you know, our available <laughs> funds and whatnot. Not yeah. everybody's credit scores lined up at a 750 at the exact right time all the time. Right. But me and my partner, we live in the same house. Actually, we got to crawl. We got to walk in front of each other to get to the coffee pot every morning. And I'll ask him, yeah, what's your credit score right now? We got something <laughs> coming up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. if you've got somebody out of state that's a that's a 50-50 or something, you constantly got to be in communication about those things. And if you're not, then you you run the risk of getting burned at some point when you go to cash this cash out. Um yeah. and there were some other creative things in this. We we were so behind on the interest payments to the guy because we didn't have it. We ended up getting a loan on a tractor. He needed a tractor to clear some land, and we just gave him the tractor and just paid the four hundred dollar a mortgage. And then we refinanced that thing out when we did the refi. So it was an extra oh like, God. but we owed him like 50,000 in interest. So we settled for a $25,000 tractor. There's so many weird loopholes and shitholes that I had to jump into. Yeah, that sounds so messy, man. It was so messy. So messy. I look back at it and I'm like, how did we get it into that? First of all, but thank God we were able to get out right. of it. Oh, that Dude. feeling though, that feeling when you finally got out of that, that must've been like a dog coming off a chain, just total yeah. freedom. I was yeah. depressed during the time that this shit was going sure. on. I didn't think we were going to make it out of this. You know, I'd sleep until noon. Like I'd dream about it. I couldn't sleep at night. I'm like, man, what the, f this is, this sucks. I don't want to do this business anymore. I'm going back to I'm Give me my engineering job. I'm going oh back no. To I'm Go out back to work. <laughs> you know? Have you ever, have you ever done like the old indeed search? Like one of those days where you're just like, mother, like it really uh, got yeah. that bad. You like pull it up and you're like, all right, well. Yeah, Marie, you remember we were, I think you were with us when we were in, uh, we were doing the canoe on the Colorado River there. And I was, that was a campfire talk. I did go back to work. I did get on Indeed. I did go back to work. I got fired pretty quickly because I was working on my real estate <laughs> shit in the office, but you know, whatever. 
it saved me. For, it was for- interesting because I was leaving my W-2 at the same time he was going back to his W-2 oh, as an engineer. It was so funny. That's right. Uh, that's I just right. wanted to show you guys. Bob Kane said trial by fire. So uh, that's, um, yeah, Absolutely. when you're in this game, I think it's all trial by fire. You got to just go for it sometimes and learn on the go. You do. You do. You got to be, you got to be able to adapt and you got to be able to adapt quickly. And I think that's, what's made us pretty successful in our market. Now we've gone through some shit, right? We failed. You got to fail. You got to fail fast. You got to just get through it. And if you can just muscle it up and get through it, you're going to learn, you're going to learn some hard lessons. They're going to suck. You're going to look like a loser for a little bit, but you know what? At the end of the day, who fucking cares? I'm, I'm sticking my neck out there. I'm living my best life while everybody else is, trapped in a, in a, in a nine to five or yeah. whatever, you know, and I've, I've, I've done nine to fives. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not for me. You know, I lasted 11 months in that state job and I like the job, but I, I was kind of bored with the job. I'm like, I got my real estate up over here. I got my credit business up over here. And then I'm working on the state stuff over here. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm moving and grooving all the time. I can't just be doing one thing. And that's what I like about real estate is it's never just one thing. One day I'm out looking at properties. The next day I'm beating on doors, evicting somebody. The next day I'm in here doing my accounting or doing a podcast with you guys or flying out to last Phoenix. Minute. Yeah, last minute or flying out to Phoenix to uh, I'm going out there in three weeks. Hopefully I'll see you out there, Marie. We're going to look at some property. I'm thinking about getting an Airbnb out there. So yeah. every day is different. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, I, I know a place you can get really good water out there in Phoenix. Water? Yeah, but they only serve water, though. Oh, God. I'm not going back there, dude. <laughs> She's just shaking her head. I'll make sure I come ring on your door, though. <laughs> no we comment. Some, we had so much fun in Phoenix. I'm excited to come back out, though. I really, really, really enjoyed my time out there. And it got our yeah. got our heads in the right spot for, for moving forward for the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, we've been landing these landlord deals since we got back. You know, one of our things, our little uh, action plans right here behind us that we drew up out there. And it was me and Jacobs was similar. It's like, think bigger. Right. We, we can play small ball the whole time and build this portfolio one, two, three, four houses at a time. Or like our, our marketing team is now our SEO is directly targeting landlords, tired landlords. Yep. We're going for bigger, bigger portfolios and bigger deals. And um, it's paying off right now. So I'm excited about this year and in the future for us. Cause it's a, it's a snowball right now. We're moving fast. I love it. I love, I love the speed. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. And um, just going back, thinking about your mistakes, I want to wrap up here. Um, but if there was one thing, like what have you implemented or what have you changed? So like going forward, you won't ever make that mistake again. Yeah. The documentation and the upfront conversation. So you want to document these things. You want to have an, if you're going to get into a business partnership with somebody, you want to have an operating agreement who is responsible for what and stay in your lane. If you're responsible for this, do this and stay in your lane. Me and Jacob have gone through this. We, you know, we're crisscrossing paths and then we got to go back to our operating agreement and he's the CEO and I'm the CFO. Well, what does that mean? You know, we're defining our roles like you guys are teaching us right now. Yes. Um, Stay in your lane, keep each other accountable for what you're responsible for. 
but don't try to do everything. You know, you got a business partner and people that work for you that you need to delegate and put those responsibilities on. I let these people run all over me, right? They didn't do shit. They didn't hold up their end of the deal. And I didn't enforce it because I looked up to them and thinking, you know, they know what's best or whatnot. Well, they didn't. They're frauds. All right. At the end of the day, that's what it is. So uh, trust your intuition, document everything, stay in your lane, know your role. What's the rock say? Oh man, you can, I can't say that on here. You know, the, you know, the, our, our title learn has learn from oh, my fuck up is yeah. so you're good. Oh, it, the rock is, uh, what's he say? Uh, I'll come on. know your role, pussy hole, or something like that. What's it? <laughs> what's it what is it? <laughs> what's the? I have, what is I have it? no I idea. Don't remember when The Rock WWE? Yeah, uh, I was like, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? That's the only one I know. Oh yeah, well that was like the, that's like the PG rated version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all I know of The Rock more recently is the fact that my kids like watch Moana or something, and he's like the main guy in Moana. Oh, yeah, so major major maybe that was somebody. Maybe that's Donald Trump or somebody else. Maybe I'm fucking that all up. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh. I like it. Bob, Bob says never assume anything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard when you're young into this. Like this person was a mentor of mine. You know, I did look yeah. up to them, but I just it it just didn't work out. It was not a good business business yeah. working relationship. And now I do have mentors that we you know do business together, but they're not a part of my company. Um, yeah. You know, I want to come out there and do business with Marie. I want to help help you guys in what you're doing. Um, Sean and Roger, you know, helped me with my business, but we're not, they're not members of my company. Right. right. We support each other's deals and whatever, you know, uh, try to pull more people into their business by talking highly about our group. And our group is an awesome, um, yeah. only group I really need at this point, you know, yeah. So. No, it's true. I mean, having a small community of people that are really like-minded and all trying to help each other out, like you said, I don't need to bring you on as a JV partner. You don't need to have a role in my company, but if there's a good deal or something, yeah, maybe I'll bring you on as a PML or we can work out or we could just help each other, right? Like just have each other's best interests at heart and just give each other advice is what I would do. So. And you know, I actually have another JV that is working out really well. They actually bought property use their own capital in with their own bank so i i can I, sometimes i forget about this company because it's running so smoothly they're doing exactly <laughs> that's, that's what, good though yeah yeah they're doing exactly what what they said they, they would do it's a jv we own four duplexes in a little nice. town right down the road from us we bought them very cheaply and uh they're they're great. They're a part of our REI toolbox membership. We just don't see them on the calls as much because they're coming out of their W2s right now as well. But, oh, okay. uh, nice. but we have a great partnership and we just went through our yearly financial review and like <laughs> Morgan is awesome at the accounting side of it. And she just laid it all out there for us. And then they had a vision. Hey, here's what we need to do with these properties. We need to pop this rent right now. I'm like, nice. Wheat. Okay. She's got a vision for it, right? You know, and I'm here, boots on the ground, doing what I'm supposed to do: maintenance, collect rent, and make sure the tenants are in there, uh, not tearing shit up, you know. And that's that's our that's our was our agreement, our operating agreement. It's working out fine. So I guess yeah. I learned the hard way, and now we've got one that is it is working out. It's small, eight properties and eight properties. Isn't that weird? Wow. What a coincidence! Yeah. 
that's that's in the title though. <laughs> learn from your learn from your mistake and, <laughs> you really and then you did, did it right so yeah. awesome thank you so much jordan i know that we legit gave you like a 15 minute heads up i think you crushed it i think that's anyone cool. listening definitely got some good nuggets good things to learn right when you're first starting out i think we kind of get overwhelmed um but like just stick to the stick to your numbers and really like make good connections, good conversations with people. And like you're saying, it's like, then document it. Don't, don't get burned. Don't trust anybody. I don't care how long they've been in the business. If they're some guru expert you meet at some conference, it's like, we're still going to do our due diligence and go by the numbers. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I texted yeah. Jake. And I was like, Marie has an emergency. I got to jump on a podcast with him like minutes. And he was like, I was like, I live for shit like this. And he was yes, like, yes. <laughs> well, and tell everybody real quick before we get off, just tell everybody like website, um, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. What's the easiest way to get in touch with you or to work with you? Easiest way to get in touch with us is building Appalachia. That's our company here. We're in the Appalachian mountains. We're in West Virginia, building Appalachia.com, building Appalachia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. My personal tag is my last name's Chris. So I got a little play off of it. It's Passions of Chris or the Passions of Chris. Uh, so you'll see all my travels, credit shit, real estate stuff, and all the funny little reels and stuff that I'm doing. I'm getting into the, I like doing those little videos. So I've been You're doing a lot of reels. Well, one of them did for sure. I don't know if it's for the good or the bad, but like you said, all publicity is good publicity. Yes, so, sir. You know, yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's awesome. Thank, thanks again for having me on. And uh, I think we are going to be on a call tomorrow together and Thursday. So, yeah, we'll be seeing you this week. All right. Thanks again, Jake. Thank you, and Jake. Love you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye -bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Learn From My Mistake. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your preferred platform. This will help us reach more listeners who can benefit from the valuable insights that we share. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and visit our website to stay up to date with our latest episodes and exclusive content. If you're looking for ongoing education and support from experienced real estate investors, we invite you to join Investor Harvest. Our community is the perfect place to connect with other investors, get expert coaching, and receive access to exclusive resources that'll take your investing to the next level. Visit our website now at www dot investorharvest.com to learn more and sign up. Thanks for listening.